Hey everybody, well it looks like just like last week, uh, news has broken in the video game industry that requires a back-to-back -back virtual legality. So my name is Rick Hogue, I am the managing partner of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, uh, and, and let's get right to it today. Uh, if you've been following the news at all, what you may have seen is that yesterday, rapper 2 Millie has uh, launched a lawsuit against Epic Games for using his dance in Fortnite. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Fortnite is a battle royale game. It is one of the most popular games in the world. Uh, and what it does is it sells uh, emotes. It sells things like uh, throwing popcorn in your face and uh, making little signs with your hands and doing popular dances, generally internet dances. I think the very first dance in Fortnite is the dance that the character Turk in Scrubs performs to the music of Poison uh, in one of those episodes of that show. Uh, and what it does is it takes those dances and it applies them to your avatar uh, in, in a way that uh, is pretty obvious to see. So this is the dance in question. They call it the Swipe It in Fortnite. And uh, it's... A pretty simple set of moves. You've got kind of a, a, a hand pop and a uh, swirl, and it is pretty identical to the move set found in the the Millie Rock uh, video up above, which I am not going to play uh, because, as we can see from this article, uh, we've already got a person who's fairly litigious and, and is seeking his pound of flesh, and uh, we're not going to get involved in that way. So uh, suffice it to say, I looked at both videos and the dance is identical, which is really no surprise because Fortnite has done that with any number of dances. Like I said, the, the Turk dance from Scrubs, uh, the chicken dances, I think all of them from Arrested Development, uh, the floss is a dance uh, of, a, uh, of a young person from I think a Katy Perry video. There's really no question uh, that these dances are taken from other sources. Um, they're limited move sets for the most part, although the Turk dance is a couple of different moves. Um, and uh, really nobody is is uh, arguing that Fortnite didn't take these dances. But the question is, when that happens, is there uh, an actionable claim under the law? And that's where things get interesting. So without further ado, let's take a look at the actual lawsuit that was filed. Um, so this is what this is what a filed lawsuit claim looks like. You can see here it was filed in the Central District of California. Terrence Ferguson, who is the, uh, the real name of uh, the rapper 2 Millie, has sued Epic Games uh, in California, uh, presumably because either that's where he's located or because they found some uh, advantage that they think they can uh, uh, pursue in California law that may not be available in other states' laws. So they sought California venue. Um, and we look at the uh, and as we look at the lawsuit here, uh, lawsuits start out by talking about what the facts of the situation are, just like you might expect from someone telling a story. They talk about the background of what occurred, uh, so that the judge, uh, in, in this case, can understand if they're not Fortnite fans, if they're not video game fans, if they're not Millie Rock fans, just what is being claimed here, uh, because judges are experts in the law and not necessarily in pop culture uh, or in anything in particular. Uh, so lawyers uh, that are doing a good job uh, put the background right in front of them. Now, we're not going to read everything here, uh, but I do want to skim it for you. Uh, Millie Rock is accusing Fortnite uh, of stealing his uh, dance move called Swipe It, which we just looked at. Uh, there's an explanation of how Fortnite works. 
There's also an explanation of the size of Fortnite, which I think is important. So if you see here, number four, since being released in or around September 2017, Fortnite has become among the most popular video games ever, with sales far in excess of $1 billion. Indeed, Fortnite made approximately $318 million in May 2018 alone, the biggest month ever for a video game, uh, which is uh, certainly in recurring revenue the, the case. There's that, that, that's an argument for a different time, but certainly lawyers can uh, make an effort to make things seem grander or bigger than they appear. Obviously, Fortnite is very, very popular. Obviously, there's a lot of money there. And when we talk about lawsuits, when we talk about the process of seeking uh, judicial redress, uh, I think it's important to really note uh, how much money is at play because if Fortnite were just middling along, if it were making maybe a small amount of money, if it didn't have that many fans, uh, then you would never see a lawsuit like this because lawyers cost money. This entire process has cost money uh, for Mr. Ferguson to Millie. And uh, what I generally tell my clients, what I tell people, what I say on uh, the, the, the podcast that I appear on is... You know, where there's money, there will be lawsuits because just like a big chip stack in the middle of a poker game, once that gets big enough, uh, the, the bets in comparison to that chip stack seem smaller. So you can afford to pay lawyers $100,000, $200,000 if you've got the potential to make $20 million, but not vice versa. So it's it's a matter of, and, and not accusing anyone of anything, and I should add the disclaimer, and I should add the disclaimer at the front end of this entire video, that this isn't legal advice. This is just informational. This is just me looking at a lawsuit and commenting on it with the uh, knowledge of the law that I have. I'm not a party to this. I'm not a party to any fashion of uh, what this uh, complaint or dispute is about. Uh, but I do like to comment on these things. I'm obviously uh, very interested in the video game industry. And since this became a national news story, I do want to get my thoughts out there because I think it's an important one. And it's an important one uh, for those of you interested to really uh, get a handle on what's happening here. So what we've got is we've got a, a rapper who sees a lot of money being made by a video game, rightly thinks that that video game is using his dance moves, that it is, uh, and believes that that's unfair. Um, but whether or not unfairness is actually redressable under the law uh, is a separate question. Um, so he goes on further. Here's we've got some uh, legal stuff here. You establish who's uh, in the lawsuit. You establish where you're suing and why this court can hear this case. And then you give more factual background. This establishes here in, in Article 4 uh, that he's a rapper, that he established uh, the, the, the dance moves in 2011 and 2014. The song was uploaded in, uh, onto YouTube where it was accessible by everyone. This is important to, to show that not only are they just coincidentally identical, but that, they, that Epic would have had the access to actually copy this dance. Um, since 2014 and 2015, the dance has remained popular and it's synonymous with this particular rapper. So it's an identity, uh, thing, uh, which you'll see is important as he gets further on in the lawsuit because he's trying to claim essentially stealing his likeness, uh, which is very much more protected in California, uh, than other states of the union, but probably still rests on whether or not what we're actually talking about when we talk about a dance move is protectable under the law. 
Um, Fortnite, we get a description here of how Fortnite operates. Uh, I will assume that most of you listening or watching this uh, show understand what Fortnite is, uh, but they explain what a battle royale is. They explain how the battle pass works. They explain that the particular dance that was in question uh, was, I believe, uh, tier 56 or 63 or something along those lines of season five, which was a season uh, that has already passed. Um, and then it explains why emotes are so important to the business model, because these things are not being directly purchased. It's important in a lawsuit for the lawyers to explain, because the judge says, well, you're not having someone pay $10 for this dance, because they bought a, a, a battle pass, which maybe they paid for with V-Bucks that they'd already earned, and how is this exactly harming when there's not a direct exchange of uh, money? Now, that that's not a hurdle that's going to be difficult to cross, but it is one that needs to be explained to someone that has just never heard of Fortnite before, never heard of battle passes before, and to the lawyer's credit on this, they do a good job of explaining how the battle pass works and and what's happening there um they explain that they believe that the dances that have been stolen are, are done by frame by frame examination of youtube videos uh and they explain that uh, the the ride the pony from gangnam style and some others uh have been uh, have been stolen as well uh they overreach a little bit here in item 25 which is an item that i've seen quoted in some of the stories that are covering this lawsuit in the national media the first sentence says, however, Epic has consistently sought to exploit African-American talent, in particular in Fortnite, by copying their dances and movements. I, you know, it's one of those things where when I'm a, as a lawyer, just reading this analytically, I look at that and say, well, the, the, the African-American talent exploitation is not a, a part of what you're looking for in terms of legal redress. So you're adding that particular bit of color because you are trying to paint the other side in a, in a in a bad light on a basis that doesn't have anything to do with the legal claim that you're making. And I never like that. Uh, whether or not that's, a, a, a again, a, a fairness complaint that is justified, I, I don't really have a position on. But when you see those kinds of claims brought up in a lawsuit, my internal red flags, my alarm bells start going off and saying, okay, you're trying to make this more of a political document than it really needs to be, than it really should be. But that notwithstanding, they explain a number of dances, a list of dances that have otherwise been uh, appropriated. They claim that it was misappropriation, that they were infringing when they were taken. Uh, but again, they're just trying to establish that Epic is a bad actor here. It really has nothing to do with whether or not they uh, stole something that is legally recognized as stealing in respect of uh, Mr. Ferguson. Um, they talk more about Fortnite's use. They talk more about the Millie Rock. And I, I think when you get down to it, Epic is very unlikely to challenge the fact that the dance is in the game. Uh, that seems like a losing case. And so the, the question then becomes, once they acknowledge that the dance is in the game and they essentially admit to, without the infringing language and the illegality language within uh, the, the claims that were made by Mr. Ferguson, once they admit to most of the fact basis there, it really comes down to judge. We admit to exactly what they have said that we have done here, but we don't think it's illegal. Uh, please throw this case out of court because we don't think it's illegal. Um, and so what we see now is what the claims are. We've done the background. We're looking at the lawsuit. The first cause of action, which is the primary cause of action, we'll skim the rest of the causes here, but for the most part, they all are based on the premise that there was an infringing use of intellectual property by Epic. Uh, so we get to, we incorporate everything that we've uh, talked about earlier in the document. Then we say that the YouTube video was available to Epic. 
then we see that they say uh, Mr. Ferguson is in the process of registering the Millie Rock dance with the United States Copyright Office. So that's important. He thinks it's protectable. Uh, it's, it's something that he has always sought to protect. But let's see when he filed that. On December 4th, 2018, Ferguson submitted an application for copyright registration of the Millie Rock dance. To December 4th, 2018 is the day before he filed the lawsuit. Um, so this is not a circumstance, to be candid, where he thought, hey, I should file this. This is a copyrightable cho uh, choreography that I want to protect. This is, I see Fortnite. I've gone to my lawyers. They say I should make sure that I have a filing in, in place so that I can make this claim as part of the lawsuit. And they filed it the day before they filed the lawsuit. Uh, so... Yes, he's trying to he's trying to seek out a claim. The Copyright Office hasn't spoken on it because they have to judge whether it's something that's protectable. And we'll talk about why I have my doubts that it's protectable at all. Uh, but they want to be able to make this claim. They filed the day before they filed this lawsuit. That's of limited usefulness for purposes of this lawsuit. The main claim is defendants have infringed and continue to infringe Ferguson's copyrights in the Millie Rock by selling the Millie Rock dance emote as an in-game purchase under the name Swipe It that if purchased a player can use and make his or her, her avatar perform during Fortnite gameplay, substantially copying the Millie Rock in digital form to the Fortnite game, advertising the Millie Rock in its promotional materials, and creating the Swipe It emote as a derivative work of the Millie Rock. Uh, derivative work being a term of legal art related to protectable intellectual property. Uh, a, a person that owns protectable intellectual property uh, doesn't, uh, another person isn't allowed to create something that's a derivation of that protected work unless they get a license to use the initial uh, intellectual property. And we've talked about that on previous Help Us Out Hoags and in various places about fan video games and fair use and streaming on, a, on the whole and things of that nature. Uh, but here they say they, that Epic had no rights to it. And so by making a, a digital avatar do the dance, it is a, der a derivation of the original dance in its whole. Um, but they have to claim a law, right? So that's nice that they say that, but they actually have to tell the judge, what do you think was violated? And they say defendants willful and continued unauthorized use of the Millie Rock for commercial gain has caused and will continue to cause confusion and mistake by leading the public to erroneously associate the swipe it emote offered by Epic with the Millie Rock in violation of 17 USC sections 101 at all. And that's not a directly targeted section reference if 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 you're not aware. And uh, that 17 USC 101 is the start of the Copyright Act. Uh, it is the definitions section, uh, as you might imagine. If you've looked at laws before, generally speaking, when you've got a, a set of laws, the first section talks about what these terms are defined as and uh, how they work uh, together. Uh, but what he really would like to reference uh, is section 102, in particular 102A4. Uh, so this is the primary protection offered by the Copyright Act. It says copyright protection subsists in accordance with this title in original works of authorship fixed in any tangible medium of expression, which would include a video game now known or later developed from which they can be perceived or produced or otherwise communicated either directly or with the aid of a machine or device. Works of authorship include the following categories. We have the things that you think of when you think of copyright, literary works, musical works, dramatic works. Then you get down to number four. Panamimes and choreographic works, which is clearly where they want to wind up here. We're talking about a dance move. 
You've also got pictorial graphics, motion pictures, sound recordings, and architectural works. B is the is the part that we talk about when we talk about um, whether or not uh, things like video game ideas, uh, the way magic is built, the way chess is built, uh, can be protected, and and why they can't be protected at the idea uh, idea form. The basics of how copyright law works says in B, in no case does copyright protection for an original work of authorship extend to any idea, procedure, process, system, method of operation, concept, principle, or discovery. Just the embodiment of those things. So that's another thing to think about here, and it's it's one thing that the copyright office and the the government in general kind of takes into consideration is whether or not what you're talking about is really an idea. You can't just copyright, I'm waving my arm in this particular way uh, because anybody else could wave their arm in that particular way. But if you've got a series of actions, if you've got something that's complex, that is really uh, something novel and new, you might be able to protect that. So with that as the background of what the actual law says and the fact that they don't target specific laws but just target the Copyright Act on the whole, I want to talk a little bit about what the Copyright Office has actually said about pantomimes and choreographic works because I think this is really, really important. So what we're looking at right now is a circular. This is essentially an advisory document that the Copyright Office puts out there to help Uh, advise people and lawyers in general about what it is that the law actually says, how they're going to interpret it. Uh, You know, the way the laws work, especially in the United States, is that you've got these statutory code readings. You've got the readings that we just read that are very simple. Here's a sentence. The Copyright uh, Act protects pantomime and choreography. Uh, But what does that mean and how that's interpreted over the course of a number of legal cases and how it's interpreted by the the executive branch offices that are charged with actually enforcing the act to registering copyrights or trademarks or putting patents in play. These things are important on the ground. And so these government offices put together these documents that help people understand what they're talking about, uh, that that help broaden out uh, what they should be aware of when they're thinking of seeking this kind of protection. So the copyright registration of choreography and pantomime. We get the basics that we just talked about. The Copyright Act provides in Section 102A4 for copyright protection in pantomimes and choreographic works created after January 1st, 1978 and fixed in some tangible medium of expression. Choreography is the composition and arrangement of a related series of dance movements and patterns organized into a coherent whole. So there's we go, our first kind of hang-up. So when they're talking about choreography, the way they've interpreted it is it is a series of dance movements and patterns. It's not a single dance move. It's not anything that's very simple. What, we're, what they're trying to get at, and we'll get into it a little bit further down the line in this document, is it's complex. It's something that only a professional could really do. It's not something that people at a dance party or that uh, others that are otherwise untrained could do. And generally, it's a sequence of movements. Uh, you know, the, the the same way you can't copyright uh, a phrase necessarily, uh, but you can copyright an entire paragraph. Uh, you can't copyright a dance move, but you can copyright a choreographical expression, as they say. Uh, pantomime is the art of imitating. We're not really in, interested in the pantomime side of this document at this point. But choreography and pantomimes consisting of ordinary motor activities, social dances, commonplace movements or gestures, or athletic movements may lack a sufficient amount of authorship to qualify to qualify for copyright protection. So again, we're talking about we're really getting into is social dances and motor activities as a kind of uh, you can't protect that because it's so simple and so able to be done by everyone that it's not something that the Copyright Office and that the Copyright Act is really designed to protect. 
Uh, we've got a discussion of the elements of choreography and pantomime. Uh, a choreographic work or pantomime typically contains one or more of the elements described below. Although the presence or absence of a given element does not determine whether a particular work constitutes choreography or pantomime. Uh, rhythmic movements of one or more dancers' bodies in a defined sequence and a defined spatial environment, such as a stage. A series of dance movements or patterns organized into an integrated, coherent, and expressive compositional whole. A story, theme, or abstract composition. A presentation before an audience. A performance by skilled individuals or music or textual accompaniment. So we see a couple areas here where we can already see there might be an issue in terms of a performance by skilled individuals. So we're getting into the fact of if you can copy the Millie dance in your home, is that really a performance that is necessary to be done by a skilled individual? It's certainly not uh, abstract composition uh, of a story or a theme. Uh, and is it a series of dance movements? We talk about there's some small different changes in what the, the hand movement is and, and what the swirl pattern is, but is that enough to qualify as a series of dance movements? Uh, generally speaking, that's going to be a tough, a, a tough claim to make. Um, uh, it needs to be fixed in a tangible medium. Uh, certainly Fortnite qualifies as that. You might not think it does in terms of it being transmitted over the internet and it's ones and zeros and it's digital. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the copyright office does, uh, acknowledge that software is a tangible medium, uh, for purposes of this, uh, activity. Categories of dance and movement not protected by copyright. Some categories of dance and non-dance movement, such as sports activities and performance art, do not fall within the subject matter protected under the Copyright Act, even though, even though they may be unique. So, commonplace movements or gestures, individual movements or dance steps by themselves are not copyrightable, such as the basic waltz step, the hustle step, the grapevine, or the second position in classical ballet. So when we're talking about the Millie dance, think about the copyright office saying here in this sentence, the hustle can't be copyrighted because it's simple enough for people to do. The U.S. Copyright Office cannot register short dance routines consisting of only a few movements or steps with minor linear or spatial variations, even if a routine is novel or distinctive. Example of commonplace movements or gestures that do not qualify are movements whereby a group of people spell out letters with their arms, YMCA, Ohio, etc., yoga positions, or a specific celebratory end zone dance move or athletic victory gesture. So if Fortnite suddenly took 20 different NFL touchdown dances and put them into Fortnite, the, co the Copyright Office has specifically said a celebratory end zone dance move cannot be copyright protected. In addition, social dances. For copyright purposes, choreographic works are a subset of dance and are not synonymous with dance. The drafters of the copyright law also made clear that choreographic works do not include social dance steps and simple routines. Registrable choreographic works are typically intended to be executed by skilled performers before an audience. By contrast, uncopyrightable social dances are generally intended to be performed by members of the public for the enjoyment of the dancers themselves. Social dances, simple routines, and other uncopyrightable movements cannot be registered as separate and distinct works of authorship, even if they contain a substantial amount of creative expression. Example of social dances, not protected, ballroom dances, folk dances, line dances, square dances, swing dances. These are the dance moves that usually involve a number of people. But with these two areas covered, the hustle step, social dances, commonplace movements or, or gestures, not requiring a specific skilled performer to actually accomplish, you get into an area here where the Copyright Office is telling folks like 2Milli, 
like the others that maybe have a simple dance step that's incorporated in Fortnite, that while it might seem unfair, simple dance moves are not copyrightable, just like words aren't copyrightable, just like specific colors that you may determine uh, with a specific paint mix aren't necessarily copyrightable. It's a matter of, of what the act says, how the government will interpret it, and whether or not uh, a, a judge will actually enforce damages uh, on your behalf. And certainly from my point of view, looking at this, looking at my understanding of intellectual property law and, and my understanding of what's at play here, what you've got is a lawsuit with a very difficult claim to make. They essentially have to make the claim that this is a choreographic uh, matter, that it's a number of dance moves put together, which is very difficult based on what the dance actually is, as well as how short the the, the 10 seconds that, that Epic took in order to make their version of the dance move actually is as well, whether it requires skilled performers. Admittedly, I can't do that dance because I can't do any dance, uh, but I, I think most people would be able to do that dance without being terribly skilled at dancing. Uh, and to make those claims in order to get that protection. Uh, but that's really no surprise. Um, there is a wonderful uh, article that uh, Game Daily Biz put together uh, earlier this year, in late November, uh, about the, the fact that Millie Rock was threatening to sue Epic, that these dances exist in, uh, in Fortnite. And, and they came to a very similar conclusion. And I recommend this article for everybody. I'm going to put it in the links to uh, in the description to this video. And they go down the line and talk about exactly what we just talked about in terms of how difficult it is uh, to protect uh, these particular uh, issues, primarily because of the fact that the Copyright Office uh, isn't willing uh, to protect simple dances, social dances, and dances that don't require necessarily a, a skilled person uh, to, to actually accomplish. Uh, they also talk a little bit about the fact that Epic actually did approach the maker of Scrubs to get the poison dance. And, and one of the things you'll see here in terms of the poison dance is that um, it actually is much closer to a series of moves. If we're looking at this, and this is the first dance you see if you're in, if you're in Fortnite, he's got a little jog move, he's got two different hand movements, uh, and he's doing different moves all together, uh, rather than just the simplified kind of Millie dance. Um, so it's a matter of uh, degrees in terms of what needs to be protected and what doesn't. And they actually went to the makers of Scrubs and said, hey, can we use this dance? And the makers of Scrubs said, yeah, it's just a character dancing, so it's not copyrightable and you can use it. But clearly they asked about this one. They didn't ask about the, the two Millie dance. Uh, probably because their lawyers think it's a much simpler uh, it's a much simpler idea and they don't need to ask about it but it does go to show you that the the company is aware of these potential issues and is going down the road of looking at uh, whether or not they need to seek uh, seek permission to use them in certain instances uh, but this is a great article I highly recommend it and we're gonna go back to the lawsuit uh, for just a little bit because all the rest of the claims here, are based on this premise, that there is an infringement. So the next one is contributory infringement. So here's a claim where they actually say, Epic has induced the infringement by the players of the game because the players technically are making derivative works because they're having their dinosaur person do the two milli dance uh, or they're having their astronaut do the two milli dance. And if it is infringement in the first part, <clears throat> excuse me, if it is infringement on the first part, then it would be infringement for everybody else. So they say, okay, Epic has induced all these other infringements and we should be uh, compensated for that as well. 
Uh, the third part is violation of the right of publicity. This is the California claim that says essentially the dance is so associated with Tumili that if there's an infringement, then it's actually taking away from his ability to make money on his own likeness, which is a particular California claim and not a claim I'm terribly familiar with in terms of the California law. So we're not going to dive in it too deeply, except to say if there isn't an infringement, if there isn't a protectable claim, uh, then it seems very unlikely that he'd be able to pursue this claim to any great degree. So it all comes down to whether or not his dance is something that the law protects. Uh, And the right of publicity goes on. There's a second section uh, and kind of the same kind of concept uh, in terms of uh, the California law uh, being used to to steal his right of publicity in a in a secondary way. So the the second, third, and fourth cause of action under this lawsuit are all premised on the notion that, as we see in the top of seventy five here, selling the infringing swipe emote to, to directly to players, it becomes important to that statement that the the selling is infringing. And if there is no infringement, if there is no intellectual property right that is protectable that two million holds in that dance step, then the rest of this falls apart. So the, the question is, why do I think this is happening right now? We talked about it a little bit earlier, but for the most part, the issue is there's a lot of money in play. There, like most things, uh, he looked at this and said, it's unfair that they're making this money off of something that I invented, this this move that I invented. And since there is so much money there, I, it makes sense to pay these lawyers. These lawyers might even be put, uh, working on contingency. I, I don't know that uh, one way or the other. Uh, but when there is that money in play, you can go and you can say, Epic, I'm going to sue you. If I win this suit, it's going to cost you $20 million. So why don't you settle with me for 10 And 90, 95% of all lawsuits get settled uh, because it's really a matter of both sides looking at what are the chances of making X amount of dollars, what are the chances of losing X amount of dollars, and if they have different opinions of what those numbers are and there's a big gray area in the middle, then it makes sense for both sides to agree on a settlement of some kind. The issue that Epic has here is that it has so many dances from so many different sources already integrated into the game that from my perspective, and again, this video isn't legal advice, tweets not legal advice, everything else that I usually say, I don't think that Epic can settle this. I think that if they were to settle this, if they were, if there was to be an acknowledgement that two million went away because Epic gave him some sack of money, you could see people come out from all corners of the internet, from all corners of publicity, from all corners of the world, and say, I want some money for Gangnam Style. I want some money for the, tur- the Turk dance. I want some money for the Arrested Development dances. I want some money for the floss. And I, Lord knows where uh, other, every other dance in Fortnite has come from. You could see people come out of the woodwork from all angles. So Epic is facing here a situation where, as specious as the lawsuit might appear to be, it might still make sense to pay the lawyers. It might still make sense to go down the line and and just try to get this thrown out of court directly because if they can win this case, if they can get a judge on record to say these kinds of simple moves are not protectable under the Copyright Act, then Epic can essentially stave off all the other claims that might be made against it. Uh, and that's where I see things. I think Epic's got a, been put in a position where they probably can't settle this. Uh, it's probably going to get thrown out of court. It's probably a losing case. But it's a case that doesn't necessarily not make sense to bring because there is so much money in play. So I really don't uh, think anybody's acting particularly badly here. I think it's a close question that, that maybe this is choreography. And when you've got something that may be worth millions of dollars, sometimes you try to cash that lottery ticket. So I don't think Epic can settle. 
I don't think the lawsuit is ridiculous, uh, but I strongly suspect it'll ultimately get thrown out of court, but that's going to take some time. And while that is taking so much time, I think a lot of the people that do uh, have these dances that did originate them are going to be watching it very closely. And I hope you are too. And if, if there are more developments in this case, I'll do another virtual legality and we'll talk about it some more. But thank you very much for hanging out with me a little bit this morning. I didn't expect to do uh, two of these back to back, but I'm, I'm glad I got the chance. Uh, if you like this video, please like it. Please subscribe to my channel. I talk a lot about video games, about law, about sports, uh, and, and about the intersections between law and pop culture. Uh, I do that a lot, and I'd like to continue to do so. Uh, so please do subscribe. Uh, and if you like the content of this, also please do follow me on Twitter, where I talk a lot about this as it happens. I tweeted a lot about this case last night as it started filtering through the national media. Uh, and you can follow me at Hoag Law, H-O-E-G-L-A-W, and uh, we, can, uh, we can chat about it in real time uh, over there. So thanks again, and uh, I'll look forward to you on the next Virtual Legality.